Should we just ditch the Constitution? Now, believe it or not, there are people who are advocating for exactly that. Obama's chef back in the news. Yep, got a follow-up. There's more info, and it's weird. And controlling how much you drink. No, not you, the government. <coughs> wow, yeah, see, you mentioned drinking. I'm allergic to that. Uh, yeah, the government controlling how much you drink. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Happy Monday. It is Monday, isn't it? Yeah, yes. I hope your weekend was great. And uh, we're off to the races. We got a lot to talk about tonight. So much stuff going on in the news today. Unbelievable uh, how busy of a day it's been for a Monday. And uh, mm, we're going to talk about all of that. First of all, let us uh, get to one of our sponsors here. And that, of course, is Blackout Coffee. Blackout Coffee, the most incredible coffee company you will ever taste and you will ever find. Blackout Coffee was founded on the principles of conservative values. The founders believe in the importance of hard work, personal responsibility, family, respect, and our traditional American values. The best small batch fresh roasted coffee you will find anywhere. Folks, this stuff is amazing. Just try one bag. That's all you got to do. You have to go in and order, you know, 50 bags or something. Just try one bag and you will be back because it's just that good. They're roasted, packed, and shipped with lightning speed, usually 24 to 48 hours. And that means you get fresh roasted beans just days after they've been roasted. That crap you buy on the supermarket shelves was it roasted what three weeks ago two months ago a half a year a year ago you don't know there's no way of knowing that with this company not only are they an all-american company who support our troops our first responders and our constitution but they make the best damn coffee you ever tasted it is incredible i live on this stuff i really do mm. and yes that is i don't i don't if i tip it it'll spill but it's in there. Uh, right now, use our link for an incredible deal. The link is in our show notes. It's right at the top. And when you check out, make sure you use our promo code. You will get 20% off your first order with promo code J20. My first name, J-A-Y, J20. Promo code at checkout for 20% off your first order. Black Out Coffee. What an amazing group of people. The owner there is uh, just an amazing, incredible guy. All right, before we get into our story, it's it's not another commercial. I sort of, not really. I had to do this. I had to do this. There it is. It is available right now. The link is the top link in our show notes. It's just a limited time. I'm going to leave it up there for maybe a week and then we'll dump it. Or if we sell out, I don't think that's going to happen. But yes, it's the Donald J. Trump booking photo J. Sheldon Show t-shirt. There it is. I uh, My graphic artist, Ash, did this up for us. He did a great job. And uh, wow, it looks incredible. It's only available in black. Tons of sizes from XS to 5XL, I think. But you can get them. The link is in our show notes. 
and check it out if you want to pick one up. I There's barely any profit in there. I just wanted to get them out there and sell a bunch of them. I'm making a buck or two on everyone just for the cost of, you know, my designer. But beyond that, I don't make a whole lot of profit on these things. So pick one up if you like. The link is in our show notes. And uh, they're very cool. I'm, I'm very proud of that. Nice job, Ash. And thank you for those of you who uh, helped to support. All right. Shall we dump the Constitution? What do you think? Believe it or not, top law schools are promoting ditching the Constitution. From the Epic Times. This is insane. Think tanks contend that the radicalization of attorney education threatens American freedom in a never-before-seen way. In almost every state, law students who paid their, uh, passed their rather state bar exam, which allows them to practice law, take an oath to support the U.S. Constitution. Lawyers take those those too, you know. I don't know if you knew that. The top country's law schools are teaching future lawyers and judges exactly the opposite. This is where our higher education has gone, folks. Many now are teaching the U.S. Constitution, the supreme law of the land, since its ratification in 1788, that it's broken and the Constitution should be scrapped. That's what the top law schools are teaching potential lawyers and judges. At least that's what two members of conservative think tanks believe after reviewing courses at the country's top 10 law schools as ranked by US News and World Report. Yale, Stanford, Harvard, and Columbia, among others, Professors at elite schools are very open. They don't care. They're very open about their disdain for the Constitution. They're saying they want to get rid of the Constitution. By making no secret about it, President General Council uh, Council of the Public Interest Legal Foundation, J. Christian Adams, Adams, works for the wor- worked for the U.S. Department of Justice. <laughs> A senior fellow at the Heritage Foundation, Edwin Meese Center, uh, and former DO counsel, a DOJ counsel, Hans von Spakovsky, agreed. This radicalization of law schools is no small threat to freedom, democracy. And this has not happened previously ever, ever in our history this kind of crap. In fact, some of them are very direct, teaching kids they need to be revolutionaries. According to these courses that the law school students are taking, they're pitching the ditching of the Constitution. A New York Times editorial from Harvard and Yale universities Ryan Doffler and Samuel Moyne wrote, The Constitution is broken and should not be reclaimed. 
In it, they wrote, the struggle over the Constitution has proven to be a dead end for liberals. They call our founding document undemocratic and inadequate. In the piece, they say, the real need is not to reclaim the Constitution, as many would have it, but instead to reclaim America from the Constitution. This garbage is what your kids, they're not kids anymore, but that this is what they're being taught at the top, Yale, Harvard. Incredible. All right. I, I honestly, I don't know, other than don't send your kids there. You can't call your Congress. This is not going to do any good. All right, this story broke Friday. It's from the Epic Times. It broke Friday because they hoped by the weekend, by the time it was done, the news cycle would be done with it. But guess what? It's Monday, and we're still talking about it. A Biden staffer. Get this. You probably read this because it's been out since Friday, but I at least wanted to cover it. A Biden staffer met with a member of Jack Smith's team before the Trump indictment. There's the communist now. White House visitor logs show an aide for special counsel Jack Smith quietly met with the White House counsel's office weeks before the indictment of President Trump on classified document charges. The Epic Times went through the visitor logs. They showed Jay Bratt, who is a prosecutor on Smith's team, met with Caroline Sabah, Deputy Chief of Staff for President Biden's White House Counsel Office, March 31st, not that long before he goes indicted. The logs don't have any details on what they talked about or what was discussed. Questions raised about why a member of Mr. Smith's team would even be meeting at the White House while in the midst of an investigation into Trump, who is President Biden's, of course, chief rival in the upcoming 2024 presidential race. Neither the White House nor the Department of Justice returned any phone calls or requests from the Epoch Times for more details about the meeting. Rudy Giuliani, once served as a federal prosecutor, told the New York Post, there, quote, there is no legitimate purpose for a line DOJ guy to be meeting with the White House except if it is coordinated at the highest levels. Folks, they just don't care anymore. They just don't care. They're just putting their ass out there for you to see and they don't care. We promised you we would keep an eye on the stories that go out of the news cycle that are still important. East Palestine, Ohio, Maui, which is still going on and it's getting stranger and stranger. They've now put up fencing all around the burned out areas, which is most of Lahaina. 
so no one can get in, no one can take photographs. Something is, is I'm, it's a gut feeling, and you know what I say about gut feelings. No proof, no evidence, no nothing, but I'm telling you, my gut is going, there's something going on there. Keep an eye. We're not giving up. We will never give up on that story, and we will keep an eye on it. There are a lot of people out there doing some great journalism, actual journalism, not the crap you see on the mainstream. All right, more news on Obama's uh, personal chef. This is a weird one. Police records that Judicial Watch got a hold of, Tom Benton's uh, operation, says Obama's chef's clothing were found separate from the body. What? This just broke. Judicial Watch obtained 18 pages of records through the mass public records law that revealed Obama's deceased personal chef to Fari Campbell. His clothes were found separate from his body. The records also revealed the Secret Service reported Campbell missing and his body was found using sonar. In a pond behind Obama's Martha Vineyard property, uh, there was a July 23rd CAD computer-aided dispatch uh, incident report that says Secret Service agent redacted and ad swimmers unable to locate the party at this time. Party last seen wearing all black on a paddleboard African-American male. Uh, continuing on with the report, received a 911 call from the above-noted reporting person who identified as a Secret Service member. Reporting person is requesting at least an ambulance, unsure of exact services needed. And the report says, reporting party advised best access is from the residents. They are deploying a rescue swimmer and a Zodiac boat right now. Why were his clothes not on his body? It's another hmm moment. They just keep coming. Another one. All right, from the post-millennial, we told you we we're going to continue to cover Maui. There's so much news out of Maui, I can't even keep track of it all. I'm doing my best to keep up. But uh, they have released some names. 388 missing people's names have now been released since the uh, Maui wildfires. But this is simply a subset of the total. FBI Special Agent from Honolulu, Stephen Merrill, said there are hundreds more. On Friday... Officials announced a list of 388 names of people who have been considered missing since the wildfires started August 8th. Hundreds additional missing people. A press conference, the special agent in charge, Stephen Merrill from the FBI, said the 388 names were ones they had more information on. These names are a, subject, a subset of a larger list we care about every single person on that list, and we will not rest until we know how each of those people are doing on that list. 
We also welcome additional people being added to the list. Maui County Police Chief John Pelletier said the criteria to be on the validated list is if they were provided with a first and last name as well as a point of contact to who reports them missing. Merrill said, we've been able to find at least two-thirds of them to be safe and sound. That's a success, but it doesn't diminish the fact that we are still looking for many other people. Many in this case means they have a list uh, the FBI has revealed earlier of well over a thousand names that they're trying to validate and account for. Sadly, as we've said before, a great number of those on that list are children. Insane. (sighs) (laughs) Reparations! No, we're not going to talk about reparations. We are going to talk about slavery. But not the slavery that America got involved in and is now obviously well done and dusted. This is slavery that is happening right now. Not in America, but you need to know about this. Black African men selling women to the highest bidder. Instead of the globalist UN bleeding about reparations, Why don't they focus their efforts on what's happening right now as we speak? You see all these bags here? You see all those bags? You know what those are? Those are women. Bagged up. We don't need the sound for this, but take a look at this. This is a slave trade. Each one of those bags contains a woman being offered up for sale as a slave. Unbelievable. In this day and age that we live in, that that is going on. We live in an evil world, my friends. The link to that video is in our show notes. I encourage you to share it out on your social media. Let people know what's going on because it's, it ain't good. And what's being done about it? Virtually nothing. Virtually nothing. UN's all more worried about getting reparations for people who were never slaves and from people who never owned slaves. But They're ignoring that. It's frightening. All right, a new documentary is out, and it's also frightening. You know, they have these offshore wind farms for this useless wind-generating electricity. And the environmental studies said, oh, they don't harm the wildlife, they don't bother the whales, and Wrong. There is a new documentary that proves building offshore wind farms kills whales. 
Happy about that one? Look at that. This is a wind farm. The increase in whale, dolphin, and other cetacean deaths off the east coast of the U.S. since 2016 is not due to the construction of large industrial wind turbines. That's what our government says. Their scientists have done the research, they say, to prove that whatever is killing the whales is completely unrelated to the wind industry. Well, guess what? The government lied to you again. A new documentary called Thrown to the Wind, jo, uh, Jonah Markowitz directed and produced, proves the U.S. government officials are just blatantly lying to your face. The film documents surprisingly loud high-decibel sonar emitted by wind industry vessels when measured with state-of-the-art hydrophones. And it shows the wind industry's increased boat traffic is correlated, correlated directly with specific whale deaths. <laughs> Schellenberg says, humanity has a spiritual connection to whales. The awe-inducing sight of a humpback breaching in the Gulf of Maine. Wow, look at that. Incredible. Nonprofit organization Environmental Progress, independent of all energy interests, funded the documentary because, like millions of Americans, they love whales and they believe their extinction is an avoidable tragedy. The whale population in the North Atlantic, the right whale, has dropped to 340 from over 400 in the last few years. More than 60 recorded whale deaths of all species on the East Coast since December 1st, 2022. That increased markedly since 2016, which is exactly when the wind industry began to ramp up. Look at that. Where they found humpback, minke, and these are the areas in yellow here where wind farms are planned. Within the first 24 or 48 hours of this DACO being online, 20,000 people reposted it, and over 6 million people total viewed the post with the embedded trailer for Thrown to the Wind. If I'm not mistaken, there is a... Oh, look at that. If I'm not mistaken, there is a link inside this uh, story from the New York Post, which will get you to the trailer if you'd like to watch it. I encourage you to do that. Uh, Uga Booga, hey Uga Booga, good to have you along for the ride. Thank you. And uh, Uga Booga, I don't know if it's a he or her. Uh, the government is not only killing the whales, but the fish we eat. Man, ain't that the truth? And now, did you see Fukushima? They've uh, allowed them to be dumping that radioactive waste, saying it's safe. Yeah, just like they say, the windmills don't kill the whales. I tell you, 
imported from Japan for sushi is no longer A+. At this point, sorry to say it's a negative. But yeah, you're right, Ooga Booga. I, yeah. Uh, sad, but true. Uh, and thank you, by the way. Thanks for contributing to the show. I appreciate that. Uh, don't forget to follow. Hey, everybody, hit that follow button right there. It's right there. It says follow. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. We don't spam your inbox. And it really helps the show out a ton. It really does. So thanks for that. All right. There's a link in our show notes, which is going to take you to a government website, which is this. Hey, let me show it to you. It is this absolutely insane... You know what scientific papers look like? They've got abstracts, associated... That, look at this. Introduction. This thing's like 5,000 pages. Okay? It's basically... Here, let me get to the back. Okay. Here we go. Age stratified infection fatality rate of COVID-19. What? I'll break it down for you. Very simple terms. While everybody gets ready to go, Oh my God, another variant. Ooh, COVID's coming back. Lock everyone down. Put the face diaper back on. Get your shots. Get your clot shots. This is the COVID death rate from the last round. Zero to 19 years old. Point zero 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 three percent. Twenty to twenty-nine year olds, point zero zero two percent. Thirty to thirty-nine, point zero one one percent. Forty to forty-nine, point zero three five percent. Fifty to fifty-nine. 0.123%. 60 to 69.506%. And from 0 to 69, that means everyone in the group, 0.063. Not one of those numbers comes close to being even 1%. And yet, I guarantee you they're going to close schools again. They're going to lock you down. They're going to mask you and your children against this ridiculous bullshit virus. They're going to do it. That whole study, if you're into reading this kind of stuff, I'm not. But it's there. The link is in our show notes, and you can check it out. And it has the entire study and all the data and all the science to back it up. It's right there. So check it out. Read it if you want. But uh, trust me, I'm warning you. It's an actual scientific paper, and it's very complicated. <clears throat> Elon Musk. How can we do a show without talking about Elon Musk? The feds are going after him again. See, you don't play in their ballpark. They're going to they're gonna do everything they can to come after you. You might have heard of this story. This also broke at the end of last week, Friday. Again, they break these stories on Friday, hoping you'll forget about it, and by Monday, everything will be gone. 
Nope, we're going to keep talking about it. The feds have sued Elon Musk's SpaceX for allegedly shunning refugees and asylees, illegal aliens. They sued Elon Musk-owned rocket and satellite company SpaceX Thursday for allegedly discriminating against asylees and refugees in hiring. The lawsuit alleges from at least September 2018 to May 2022, SpaceX routinely discouraged asylees and refugees from applying and refused to hire or even consider them because of their citizenship status, which is in violation of the Immigration and Nationality Act, according to the Justice Department, or Injustice Department, as may be. Here's the problem. The actual law bans persons from being given access to export controlled items without approval from the State Department or Department of Commerce. But it permits U.S. persons, including citizens, residents, refugees, and asylees, according to the lawsuit. Immigrants had virtually no chance of being fairly considered for a job at SpaceX. Well, there's a reason for that. Musk said SpaceX hires, hire, uh, requires special permission from the Department of Defense Secretary of State in order to comply with international traffic and arms regulations. The law, uh, several recruiters cited the law to reject applicants. SpaceX hired just one asylee four months after the Justice Department began investigating the company. The law says you cannot be employed. It's just like NASA. NASA cannot employ these people either. But they're going after him. And they're going to keep on going after him, just like they're going after Trump. Same thing. Same thing. Police state, folks, we live, it's not coming, it's here. It is absolutely here. We live in a police state. If you don't know by, by now, maybe you should just crawl back in your cave and have a nice life. They can fire rubbing a couple sticks together. <clears throat> oh, look, more proof. I just said we lived in a police state, and look here from The Blaze. Links in our show notes. Biden's alcohol czar. I didn't even know he had or needed one. He warns the U.S. could adopt Canada's guidelines on alcohol. And you know what that is? Two drinks per week for you. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. The federal government is considering updating alcohol guidelines to advise Americans to limit themselves to just two alcoholic beverages per week. The head of the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism, Dr. George Koob, <laughs> told the Daily Mail 
U.S. guidance on alcohol consumption may be revised to match Canada's guidance on alcoholic drinks. Starting this year, by the way, Canada uh, began advising and urging their residents to limit themselves to two drinks a week. Kube explained that he's monitoring Canada's big experiment and said the U.S. would need to reevaluate its recommendation if there's health benefits up north. Now, at the moment in Canada and potentially here, this will be a recommendation. But you know what happens to recommendations. Yeah, eventually they will become the law. Mark my words. Mark my words. Ticket. Red state. <laughs> uh, this one you might not have seen. This didn't get very much traction, but it's funny as hell. I'm going to play a part of the video only because he's just so freaking stupid. Oh, man. Biden tries and fails at using a whiteboard to explain Bidenomics. Now look, this is a still from the video. One thing we conservatives are really good at is memes. We kick ass and take names. The left sucks at making memes. This probably isn't something you want to put in our hands as raw base material from which a lot of memes are going to come. You gotta hand it to the Biden team. They truly seem to be completely clueless. Or maybe they think we are. They think the problem isn't Biden, it's messaging. If Americans just understood Biden and his policies a little better, then we'd truly understand what a, what a great guy he is, just regular Joe. How wonderful his plans are like Bidenomics. Of course, the problem is we do understand his moronic policies, and they are killing us in our wallets, in our daily lives, in so many ways, costing us hundreds of extra dollars every month. So they send Joe Biden out with a whiteboard on X trying to explain. Explain it to us. Yeah, yeah, Joe. You don't even remember what your name is or your wife's name or what you had for breakfast this morning. You're going to try and explain why it's a wonderful thing and why it's working so well? Take a look at this idiot. And to grow our economy from the middle out and the bottom up, not the top down. Trickle-down economics is the belief that we should cut taxes for the wealthy and big corporations and expect it to trickle down to everyone else, that we should shrink public investment in roads, bridges, and water systems, airports, and public education. Well, when put into practice, trickle-down economics failed. Okay. First of all, there is no such thing as trickle-down economics. It has, it's absolute bullcrap. Why is he using a whiteboard which is basically superimposed with graphics on top, moving graphics, motion graphics? He does eventually write on the whiteboard, but uh, yeah, he goes through <clears throat> talking about how great he is and 
how he's changed the direction of the nation. Yeah, well, actually, you know what, Joe? You're right. You did change the direction of the nation. You've made everything far worse. And you know, you, you, you wonder for one minute why when this guy, this idiot, goes out in public, he gets booed. Anyway, you want to watch the whole video, I don't encourage you to do that because the man's a complete moron. But if you want to, the link is there in our show notes, and you can, uh, you can check it out if you want. All right. We always uh, end this segment of the show before we get into our book with uh, something not controversial, something cute or awe-inspiring or beautiful. Boy, did we find one. Take a look at this. That is not a painting. That is a real horse. If you're listening on the podcast, by the way, the audio part of our show is a podcast. You'll find us on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, all the different podcast platforms. Just look up the Jay Sheldon Show. Give us a subscribe over there. Thank you. That is a real horse. I'll prove it to you. Check this out. Look at that. Unbelievable. It's visual. So like I said, podcast folks, sorry, check out our, our show over on Rumble. But look at that. That is incredible. It's, it's like liquid. That silvery white mane and the, the hair on the horse. I don't have an explanation for what kind of horse this is, but man... That is absolute. Look at that. How majestic. Wow. Beautiful. I saw that and I thought, yeah, definitely. There's a show ender. I got to bring that win. That, that is insane. Wow. Okay. Among the many weird and wacky things we do on this show is we always end up by reading a book. We have done classic children's literature uh, for the longest, from the very beginning, 430-something shows ago. And then we moved on to George Orwell's uh, 1984, which was fantastic. I loved it so much, we decided, hey, let's keep going in the George vein. So we started Animal Farm a while ago. We're getting through it slowly but surely. It is equally as fascinating as 1984. So, with another sip of coffee. Mmm. Yes. <clears throat> Blackout coffee. By the way, please, a couple reminders. All of our sponsors are in the show notes right at the top. You can check them out, get some great deals. NordVPN, Brickhouse Nutrition for Field of Greens. Uh, you'll find them all there. Skillshare. And, of course, the amazing folks at Blackout Coffee. Please do try a bag. You will not regret it. Great coffee. Also, our Donald Trump tea is there. Uh, let's just show that to you one more time. Where There we go. You want to order one of those? A very limited edition. They will only be available for about a week. You can pick one up. It's got our show logo and that iconic Trump mugshot, which has been uh, reconnoitered by our great uh, graphic design artist guy, and uh, we thank you for that. So, yeah, that's uh, that's our final plug, other than asking you to please follow the show, which is that little green follow button right there. Thank you. All right, let's move it on over and up and continue with George Orwell's Animal Farm. At this moment, Napoleon stood up, cast a peculiar sidelong look at Snowball, and uttered a high-pitched whimper of a kind 
no one had ever heard him utter before. At this, there was a terrible baying sound outside, and nine enormous dogs wearing brass-studded collars came bounding into the barn. They dashed straight for Snowball, who only sprang from his place just in time to escape their snapping jaws. In a moment, he was out the door, and they were after him. Too amazed and frightened to speak, all the animals crowded through the door to watch the chase. Snowball was racing across the long pasture that led to the road. He was running as only a pig can run, but the dogs were close on his heels. Suddenly he slipped, and it seemed certain they had him. Then he was up again, running faster than ever, and then the dogs were gaining on him again. One of them all but closed his jaws on Snowball's tail, but Snowball whisked it free just in time. Then he put on an extra spurt, and with a few inches to spare, slipped through a hole in the hedge and was seen no more. Silent and terrified, the animals crept back into the barn. In a moment, the dogs came bounding back. At first, no one had been able to imagine where these creatures came from. But the problem was soon solved. They were the puppies whom Napoleon had taken away from their mothers and reared privately. Though not yet full-grown, they were huge dogs and as fierce-looking as wolves. They kept close to Napoleon. It was noticed they wagged their tails to him in the same way that other dogs used to do to Mr. Jones. Napoleon, with the dogs following him, now mounted on to the raised portion of the floor, where Major had previously stood to deliver his speech. He announced that from now on the Sunday morning meetings would come to an end. They were unnecessary, he said. Wasted time. In future, all questions relating to the working of the farm would be settled by a special committee of pigs, presided over by himself. These would meet in private. Afterwards, communicate their decision to the others. The animals would still assemble on Sunday mornings to salute the flags, sing the beasts of England, and receive their orders for the week. But there would be no more debates. In spite of the shock that Snowball's expulsion had given them, the animals were dismayed by this announcement. Several of them would have protested if they could have found the right arguments. Even Boxer was vaguely troubled. He set his ears back, shook his forelock several times, and tried hard to marshal his thoughts. Yeah, but in the end, he couldn't think of anything to say. Some of the pigs themselves, however, were more articulate. Four young porkers in the front row uttered shrill squeals of disapproval, and all four of them sprang to their feet, began speaking at once. But suddenly the dogs, sitting round Napoleon, let out deep, menacing growls. 
and the pigs fell silent and sat down again. Then the sheep broke out into a tremendous bleating of four legs good, two legs bad, which went on for nearly a quarter of an hour and put an end to any chance of discussion. Afterwards, Squealer was sent round the farm to explain the new arrangement to the others. Comrades, he said, I trust that every animal here appreciates the sacrifice of Comrade Napoleon has made in taking this extra labor upon himself. Do not imagine, comrades, that leadership is a pleasure. Oh, the contrary. It's a deep and heavy responsibility. No one believes more firmly than Comrade Napoleon that all animals are equal. He would only be too happy to let you make your decisions for yourselves, but sometimes you might make the wrong decisions. Comrades, then, where should we be? Suppose you decided to follow Snowball with his moonshine of windmills. Snowball, who, as we know, was no better than a criminal. He fought bravely at the Battle of the Cowshed, said somebody. Bravery is not enough, said Squealer. Loyalty and obedience are more important. And as to the Battle of the Cowshed, I believe the time will come when we shall find that Snowball's part in it was as much exaggerated. Discipline, comrades. Iron discipline. That is the watchword for today. One false step, and our enemies would be upon us. Surely, comrades, you do not want Jones back. Well, once again, this argument was unanswerable. Certainly the animals did not want Jones back. If the holding of debates on Sunday mornings was liable to bring him back, then the debates must stop. Boxer, who'd now had time to think things over, voiced the general feeling by saying, If Comrade Napoleon says it, it must be right. And from then on, he adopted the maxim, Napoleon is always right, in addition to his private motto of, I will work harder. By this time, the weather had broken, Spring plowing had begun. The shed where Snowball had drawn his plans of the windmill had been shut up. It assumed the plans had been rubbed off the floor. Every Sunday morning at ten o'clock, the animals assembled in the big barn to receive their orders for the week. The skull of old Major, now clean of flesh, had been disinterred from the orchard and set up on a stump at the foot of the flagstaff beside the gun. After the hoisting of the flag, the animals were required to file past the skull in a reverent manner before entering the barn. Nowadays, they did not sit all together as they'd done in the past. Napoleon, with Squealer and another pig named Minimus, who had a remarkable gift for composing songs and poems, sat on the front of the raised platform with the nine young dogs forming a semicircle around them, the other pigs sitting behind. The rest of the animals, 
sat facing them in the main body of the barn. Napoleon read out the orders for the week in a gruff soldierly style, and after a single singing of Beast of England, all the animals dispersed. On the third Sunday, after Snowball's expulsion, animals were somewhat surprised to hear Napoleon announce the windmill was to be built after all. He didn't give any reason for having changed his mind, but merely warned the animals that this extra task would mean very hard work. It might even be necessary to reduce their rations. The plans, however, had all been prepared down to the last detail. A special committee of pigs had been at work upon them for the past three weeks. The building of the windmill, with various other improvements, was expected to take two years. Well, that evening, Squealer explained privately to the other animals that Napoleon had never in reality been opposed to the windmill, on the contrary, it was he who was advocating for it in the beginning, and the plan which Snowball had drawn on the floor of the incubator shed had actually been stolen from among Napoleon's papers. The windmill was, in fact, Napoleon's own creation. Why, then, asked somebody, had he spoken so strongly against it? Here Squealer looked very sly that he said was Comrade Napoleon's cunning. He had seemed to be opposed to the windmill simply as a maneuver to get rid of Snowball, who was a dangerous character and a bad influence. And now that Snowball was out of the way, the plan could go forward without his interference. This, said Squealer, was something called tactics. He repeated a number of times, tactics, comrades, tactics, skipping round, whisking his tail with a merry laugh. The animals were not certain what the word meant, but Squealer spoke so pervasively that the three dogs who happened to be with him growled so threateningly, they accepted his explanation without any further questions. That's the end of Chapter 5. We will do Chapter 6, starting into it on uh, tomorrow's show. All right, cool beans. Hey, thanks so much, everybody, for popping by. I really do appreciate it. If you don't mind, just hit that follow button. It really helps the show out a lot, costs you nothing. And check out all our great sponsors and all the great deals you will find down there in our show notes. And I will see you all again tomorrow. Snort. <laughs> <laughs>